have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey, you've come to the right place. This is Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, presented by SDC. In the next hour, we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships, sexuality, and health from the leading sex experts and professionals. Now, here is your host, Lexi Silver. Hi, everyone. Welcome to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. Are you in a non-monogamous relationship? Do you want to know about some of the most common types of potential conflict in non-monogamy and how to avoid or manage them? If you're looking for some strategies to make your relationship happy and healthy, join me with my special guest, Diana Ryan, licensed professional counselor and the owner and operator of 360 Degrees Coaching and Counseling. Together, we're going to explore what to do if you encounter conflict in your relationship and some ways that you can improve your relationship by developing certain skills and strategies. Before we kick off our discussion today with Diana Ryan about having a healthy non-monogamous relationship, I want to thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you'll get access to a massive international network and dating platform of over 3 million members worldwide. We have a very unique edition of Seek, Discover, Create for you today. Joining me, Lexi Silver, is my guest, Diana Ryan, a licensed counselor and owner and operator of 360 Degrees Coaching and Counseling. She's also a licensed professional counselor, licensed chemical dependency counselor, certified life coach, sex educator, and sex therapist. It's a mouthful, but this woman is qualified to be having this discussion with us today. Thank you so much for being here, Diana. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's wonderful. To be here. Awesome. I loved hearing you at Sex Down South. We had a really great time at your workshop, and I knew right away that you would be an amazing candidate to talk to us today about all the wonderful things that we could do in our relationships, our non monogamous relationships specifically, to keep them happy and healthy. And that's always a challenge in any relationship. But, you know, non monogamous relationships do have their unique challenges. So, Let's get started with maybe before a couple or a person decides to enter into a non-monogamous relationship. When is it not a good idea for a monogamous couple to start toying with the idea of bringing their relationship to a non-monogamous level? Not a good idea to start when the relationship is rocky or shaky in any type of way. Mm -hmm. If you guys are using non-monogamy to fix something, it's a bad idea. It's not going to bring you closer. It's not going to provide connection. And it absolutely will not stop any cheating behaviors. So don't use it for that. But if you're using it to enhance, awesome. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that I've heard some people saying that, you know, entering non-monogamy is a way to fix their relationship or to spice it up. So that would also probably not be a good idea to try to do, maybe spice up their relationship. Maybe they could try spicing up their relationship, just the two of them before expanding out to try to uh, open up their, their relationship. Right. I agree. You can bring toys in, you can bring lotions, you can um, do some manipulation with your hands. There's a lot you can do to spice up a relationship without having a whole nother person with a whole nother set of, of emotions in the room with you. There really is. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so what are the more important traits or some of the most important traits of a healthy relationship that, in your experience, can help determine uh, success of a, as a monogamous relationship turns non-monogamous? 
Well, making sure that you two have an intimacy, that that couple intimacy bond. Mm-hmm. That's important because if you two already are intimate, then you're not looking to find intimacy outside of the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Or you may be wanting to add to what you already have, but you're not looking to replace or looking to have it outside of that, right? You also want healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and ha- that's healthy boundaries within the couple and just boundaries with yourself. So you're starting from a firm platform and a healthy emotional stability. Hmm. That's really important. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. And I like what you said, to add but not replace. And that is a really good point when it does come to non-monogamy is you're not looking to replace, let's say in this case, your primary partner, but you want to add something to the relationship to make it even better. I, right. I like that distinguishing point. Yeah, definitely. And so what is the most common relationship type for monogamous couples to navigate towards when they're first looking to open up their relationship? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to approach this like from two different directions. Of course. One, me coming from the swinging community and the ethical non-monogamy play space. Um, a lot of people want that third person in the bed. Mm-hmm. Coming from a poly perspective or a polyam perspective, they seem to want to have that triad. I just mm-hmm. want this other woman in the relationship who could be the sister wife or, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just looking for that unicorn. We're just looking for the unicorn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's awesome that you want that. It's just probably one, to me, one of the harder uh, polyam relationships to keep and maintain in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. You're asking one person to come in and love you two both, usually equally, which is almost (laughs) impossible (laughs) to have emotional space for you equally. It just, you're asking a lot. And usually they're asking that unicorn not to have any outside relationships. It's a lot of pressure for one person. And so it's really the couple who seems to be making these choices and decisions about what they want the relationship to look like without really consulting the unicorn in this case. Like it's not about the unicorn. It's about whatever the couple decides they want their relationship to be. And that's not fair. doesn't sound fair. (laughs) No. And it sounds like they're using a unicorn as more of an object, not a person with their own feelings and own wants and own desires within a relationship. So in, a, in the case of, let's say, a monogamous couple who are, really, who are trying to maybe experiment for the first time, I hate saying that word when it comes to openness, but, you know, they consider it maybe experimenting. So they decide, hey, you know, uh, we're, we're going to go down this road. We're going to open up our, our relationship, our marriage, whatever it is, regardless of how long they've been together. What's their first logical starting point from there? Is it to go to a swingers club? Is it to invite that unicorn into their life? Is it uh, to, for, for each person to go off and do their own thing? Like what's, the, what's usually the first starting point uh, from monogamy to non-monogamy? I would say education. Oh, Absolutely. Education. Start reading some books. Start doing some work inside. You know, am I in a place emotionally where I can have someone else in? Um, looking and seeing what does this mean for our relationship? Really, it's education on all levels. You know, there, there are some awesome books out there. I don't want to name any particular book, but there are some awesome book, books that talk about ethical non-monogamy. 
and one of some of the pitfalls, some of the pleasures, read a few of those first and see if the, is this something I really want to do? Now, personally, I'd say go to a lifestyle club mm-hmm. and see how, is it, is it, see how it fits for you because you very well may have someone else in the bed with you at some point, someone else in the room with you are experiencing um, sexual relationships from one partner to another, even if it's not in the room. Your partner goes and has sex with their other partner and then come home and now you have to deal with thinking, my partner just had sex with someone else, how do I cope? So a lifestyle club may be a good first entry just to get a feel of what does this energy, sex outside of me, feels like? Mm-hmm. And that's not always something you have to do on your first time going to a lifestyle club. There's also the opportunity of just meeting people and maybe talking to them a little bit about their experiences. I mean, I'm I, within the non-monogamous uh, community as well. Um, I don't want to say swinger, open, whatever. It's, it gets kind of blurred at certain points, but uh, I know that I love answering questions from for newbies, um, from newbies who are just it's their first time at the club and they're kind of scared and they don't really know what to do. And I love talking to them and, and helping them, uh, giving them a bit of reassurance that they don't have to go and throw themselves into this orgy situation. Chill a second, you know, just maybe look, evaluate, like you said, feel the energy and see if that's something that really works for you. And even if you don't, you don't have to jump into it super quickly either. Like, I think that's a, that's a really, um, that's a good point with the feeling the energy it is such a different vibe when you start to meet people who have that open mentality here yeah. we have a tendency to invite people uh keelan and i both get calls from people who want to exper- experience something new and don't know how to go about it and we do meet and greets here so and i know sdc does meet and greets we do so those are an awesome awesome way to just meet some people have regular conversations the music's not too loud it's a nice open environment no pressure and just to talk is this are these some of the people that I would like to know you know are this some of the environment some of that open conversation that's awesome and we do it here I know SDC I've been to the SDC meet meet and greets here Mm -hmm. we have some separate ones that we do and it always seems to make people a lot more comfortable with even just the questioning part of it. Oh, definitely. And even for people who are experienced in the lifestyle to meet new people and also get different perspectives of what works for each individual couple. There's no, you know, one size fits all solution. Uh, But yeah, I think it's really good to have um, a a community of individuals who are able uh, to answer those questions, who are able to give you ideas about their, you know, different vibes or different paths to getting to where they are and maybe, you know, help explore some fantasies. Uh, It's definitely, yeah. It's a really good call for those meets and greets, for sure. And there's the pressure's off. You don't have to have sex. It's really just about connection at that point. Right. I got a couple of fantasies myself I need to look into. Oh, I'd love <laughs> to hear about some of those. <laughs> and maybe we'll get into a couple of those right after this very quick little break. And I just want to invite all of you who are listening today who are enjoying my show and my talk with Diana Ryan and want to know a little bit more about relationship, sex, and health and find new ways to spice up your sex life. Just visit sdc.com. We'll guide you on your erotic journey with unlimited access to videos, podcasts, and articles from experts like Dr. Jess, Sunny Megatron, and Charlie and Ariane Williams. 
Visit SDC.com to discover and connect with your own erotic tribe and explore more at SDC events, parties, and travel destinations. With hot and fresh content added daily, you'll have tons of new resources to start your exploration and continue along your path to erotic self-discovery. Join over 3 million of our SDC members worldwide to seek, discover, and create with us today. Don't forget to use promo code 7070 for two months of free access to SDC.com. That's 7070 to get two months free at SDC. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network. Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. You are tuned in to Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver. If you have a question or comment about the show, we'd love to hear from you via email to Lexi at SDC.com. That's L-E-X-I at SDC.com. Now back to this week's discussion. Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver, and I'm here with Diana Ryan, licensed professional counselor and the owner and operator of 360 Degrees Coaching and Counseling. So right before the break, we were talking about how some of the first steps uh, to go from monogamy to non-monogamy include one of the most important things, and that's education. And Diana made a really good point that that is the starting place to really inform yourself, to get more details about what a non-monogamous relationship looks like, and decide at that point also if that's something that might be interesting to you and to your partner, whoever they may be. So... Once you're exploring this idea, what are some of those things that you should consider when you're starting to educate yourself, you're getting an idea of uh, what it is that non-monogamy could look like for you, and then we all know there are different kinds of non-monogamy. What are some things that you should start talking to your partner about, and what what are things that you should consider? You mentioned something also related to self-awareness, which I thought was really, really important point, knowing your own limits, so, and, and where you're at. Yeah. Right. That's that's where I would, let's start at, at just knowing you, mm-hmm. right? What's your jealousy quote? Mm. What is it? Do you get jealous easy? Does it? Are you a slow burner? You know, <laughs> when you do get jealous, do you completely withdraw from a relationship and, and you other your partner? You know, how do you respond to jealousy? Because it's going to come up. Mm-hmm. No one's immune. It's going to come up. So you need to be very aware of how you respond when you are feeling the emotion of jealousy. What is your comfort zone as far as the relationship? What are the areas that you feel like if they're touched on, it's a sensitive spot, it's going to make you scream um, in a figurative way. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, if you're one of those people who you feel, okay, they're having too much fun with their partner, I can't take it, you know, or Mm. they're, they're in that new relationship excitement and why are they so excited? to go hang out with that person. And they're never excited like that when we talk about hanging out, you know, Um, you do have to look at all of these little things that go on with you inside this relationship and 
can I deal with any stress in those areas? Because mm-hmm. it's important that that is what's going to send you into my office in a professional basis. If it's not, why are they doing that? I don't think I can be with that person anymore. Mm-hmm. They seem to love their other partner much more than me. Um, look at that and then do some self-work. Um, is uh, one thing that I've noticed, and it's, it's come up more than once in the office, is they're not looking at fluid bonding. Mm-hmm. necessarily uh, will my partner have sex with someone else are they using protection is that a line for me mm-hmm. is pregnancy an option what if we've not been able to have children mm-hmm. what if they they get a partner pregnant you know and and that's an experience where where's your head at with some of these bigger issues that may come up when your partner has a partner or even with you what if your partner has not been able to get pregnant with you? You go out, you decide you're not, you're going to fluid bond with another partner, and you do get pregnant. Mm-hmm. What next? So try to think of all the situations that could occur and fill yourself out about it. And is that something you're willing to to either deal with, take into consideration? And if so, maybe ethical non-monogamy may be for you. Maybe you feel like, you know what, I can deal with that. And if there's a baby, we can, we can deal with that. And if he fluid bonds with someone else or she fluid bonds with someone else, I can deal with that. Hmm. So, of course, the starting point logically should be with the individual to, to see. So, in, in let's say, a, in a dyad, okay, so a couple, uh, who, a, a, a traditional couple coming from uh, that monogamous place, you know, having those first conversations. How often do you think people in that couple have spent time individually examining whether or not that was good for them versus perhaps, I don't know, uh, talking, uh, figuring out what maybe their partner wants and being kind of afraid to say no if maybe they're not really into the idea of non-monogamy or just kind of, um, you know, feeling like they want to be in that non-monogamous place regardless of how their partner feels about it. Is that a common thing? I, no, you, hopefully they're visiting that often. Hopefully they're visiting before, during, after, um, visiting again. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there is, I, I, will, I will share one personal experience. Keelan and I were, had gone to a, a party together, and I had never seen him show out like he did at this party. <laughs> <laughs> It, it bought up, it made me feel some type of way. <laughs> so, and this is years and years ago, but I had to revisit how I felt about him, you know, showing out at this party and, and, and doing some amazing things that I was like really impressed with that I had never seen before. <laughs> Why aren't you pulling those moves on me? You have time, you have opportunity. What's that about? <laughs> So uh, even even though we are coming from that place, both of us uh, together and individually had been in ethical non-monogamous relationships. We had uh, been on the swing circuit, so to speak. Um, (laughs) It still was between the two of us. We had not had a discussion about what that looked like for us Mm -hmm. together in that space. Mm -hmm. And we had to revisit that. So I suggest before, during, after, and again, and keep that routine going. 
That's a good point. And I, I think communication is super important at every stage of a relationship. And especially when you're exploring something like non-monogamy and you're bringing other people into it. So how can a couple safely without, you know, hurting the other person's feelings, without, uh, you know, creating any kind of, um, you know, animosity or hostility, talk about non-monogamy with their partner at the very beginning as they're first starting to venture into it. Um, and what should they be talking about? Do we start talking about boundaries right away? Do we start talking about orgy situations right away? Or, you know, what is the, the best spot to start with? I think just the best spot talking about things you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Hey, babe, I'm, I'm really thinking that it might be fun to have another person. I'm really thinking it might be fun to experience this club and, and fill your partner out, see where they are on that and be honest about, I love you. This does not impact us together, but this is something that I feel outside of us that I would like to explore or experience with you. Um, so you do want to keep bringing your partner in. You just, you, you want to keep them in and keep them in touch. Society tells a lot of people that they have to be everything to their partner. Mm. And when they're, when their partner says, hey, there's something I would like outside of you now, ah, <laughs> ah, the partner's like, what am I not doing? How am I not enough? You know, so you have to keep assuring them that it's not about them not being enough. Oh, definitely. And so you said something really important to keep bringing your partner in and to make sure that whatever decisions you make, if you're, if you're desired to be in the, in the lifestyle or in a non-monogamous relationship is to add and not remove um, anything or replace anything from your partner. Um, so the idea is to continue to foster that relationship. And obviously you want to try to do that by making those decisions together and to keep, uh, you know, uh, reinforcing that idea that the idea is not to, you know, get rid of, to, to get rid of your partner, to find someone quote, better or hotter or better in bed. You just want to maybe spice it up a little variety, add someone else into the mix by still, you know, fostering that relationship that you have between the two of you. But it's right. sensitive, right? Like you're talking about sex or you're talking about the potential of even an emotional connection uh, with another individual. It doesn't really get much more sensitive than that, right? I'm sure it's, it, it, it's very possible for people to get into that frame of mind where, yeah, they have those fears. And even if you've maybe examined them before um, and you've thought, okay, well, I can deal with that if it happens. Once people get to it, how do you manage that when it gets real? Like, holy shit, they're in love with someone else or holy shit, they just had sex with someone else. How do you even resolve that within yourself before even talking to your partner about what that looks like? This is what I had to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, let's hear it. I love personal experience. <laughs> I had to accept the fact that my partner did not belong to me and that they were a separate individual. They had their own wants and desires and they had chosen to build a life with me, but they didn't belong to me. Um, that sense of ownership with a, your partner kind of, it causes a lot of distress. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, uh, as you work through it, and of course that is an internal conversation, it absolutely is. You know, what am I thinking about? What does my partner having sex with someone else mean to me? Mm-hmm. What is it making sensitive? Am I feeling less than because they had sex with someone else? Am I feeling less than because they've fallen in love? 
What does that mean to me? Their, their actions, how is it impacting me? And not in a way as to point fingers at your partner, but in a way as to look at where your vulnerabilities are, where your insecurities are. And then once you're kind of clear on what's going on within you, then bring your partner in and say, you know what? This is not about what you did. This is about how I'm feeling now. And I'm feeling vulnerable. And I'm feeling like I need a little reassurance that this does not jeopardize our relationship. That's a very healthy way to examine that. And I'm sure most people in who are in a non-monogamous relationship have at one moment or another had that kind of feeling where like, ooh, there, there's something that I need to address. But I find that um, in my personal experience, when I've heard other people talking about this, um, they really fail to take that minute to reflect in, in, with themselves how whatever happened made them feel and kind of were more confrontational with their partner, which I'm sure as you've, <laughs> you've seen many couples <laughs> usually does not result in a very positive conclusion to that. <laughs> By the time they're coming in to see me in the office, they're like, they did this and then they did this and they don't love me. And if they loved me, they wouldn't have done that. And I'm like, okay. So now we have to like start unwrapping some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and definitely before getting to that point, like we were talking about before, um, I think it's really important to at every phase when you're first starting off a non-monogamous relationship, and I'm sure you agree that it's good to take a, a step back and have, like you said, those conversations and to reconnect and to, to kind of do um, a bit of a debrief with each other about how you feel of, and in certain situations to avoid at that point when they get into the office with the, the finger pointing and the blaming and the hostility and the anger. It doesn't have to get to that point. <laughs> Definitely. No. It doesn't. <laughs> and I know you're going to help us sort out a couple of those details very soon because uh, you have a lot of really good advice uh, for how to navigate that kind of conflict in a non-monogamous relationship. And we're going to get right there right after this little break. Oh, that's right. I left you all on a little tease right there. I invite all of you to explore your lexuality on my website, LexiSilver.com. For those of you who are just getting to know me, you'll be pleased to find my erotic stories and a variety of kinky sex toys on my site. If you dare to enter my playground, I'll treat you to 15% off anything you desire in my shop when you use promo code LexiSDC. That's L-E-X-I-S-D-C. And don't be shy. Come get Lectual with me on social media. I'd love to hear from you. You'll find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as Lexi Silver. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. Don't go away. We'll be right back with SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Mystery Vibe is where the best of humanity and technology combust into your pleasure. Personalized, the world's first body-adapting vibrator. Crescendo adapts, bends, wraps, and vibrates in your every curve and crevice. 
Use solo, duo, trio, or more. And with an app control that commands your pleasure across 12 presets. Oh, and you can even make your own vibration. Crescendo is adored by all, from feminists to Forbes. Go to mysteryvibe.com now for your pleasure. Personalized. are tuned in to seek discover create with lexi silver if you have a question or comment about the show we'd love to hear from you via email to lexi at sdc.com that's l-e-x-i at sdc.com now back to this week's discussion hi everyone welcome back to sdc presents seek discover create i'm your host lexi silver and i'm joined with diana ryan licensed professional counselor and the owner and operator of 360 Degrees Coaching and Counseling. Right before the break, we were talking about the importance of self-awareness and self-work before it comes to talking to your partner about things that may have not gone exactly the way you expected in your newly non-monogamous relationship. So, there are certain strategies that people can use to kind of avoid conflict or like we were saying before, getting to your office at that point where, you know, there's that anger and resentment and finger pointing that have been kind of going on for a, a while, those feelings. So what are some of the most, you know, popular or common potential conflicts that people can have in a non-monogamous relationship? And like, can you give maybe some, some real life examples? Uh, well, not real life. I mean, obviously, like we said, um, you, you know, there is patient uh, confidentiality, but an idea of, of things that could be avoided or that are, you know, common, that commonly present in your office. Okay, I'll give you two examples. One of them is veto power. Oh, right. A lot of people like to use that veto power like a club on their partner's head. Um, (laughs) And life doesn't work that way. (laughs) It just doesn't. You can't control your partner's feelings in another relationship. You can't control your partner's sexual activity in another relationship. Right. You can talk to them about it. You can tell them that you're sensitive in some things and see if they will um, pull back or they'll continue to go forward. And if they continue to go forward, see where you are with that. But you can't take that veto power and bang them over the head with it and (laughs) use it, (laughs) you know, as grounds for treating them badly now, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that veto power, that I, one, I think it just doesn't work well. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. Uh, But if you are using it, make sure you're using it in the right ways that, doesn't lead to the relationship having major issues. And the other one is, you know, saying, okay, I'm cool with that when you're not. Mm-hmm. Say you're not if you're not okay with whatever the activity is. Just say you're not so your partner is not going and thinking, hey, my other partner, they're great with this. And then you're slowly building resentments until there's an explosion later. And your partner's completely blindsided. <laughs> Does that often happen? Like, I mean, I know that happens in any relationship, or even if it's something, uh, something small, like, do you mind if I go out with the boys tonight or, or whatever the case, do you mind if we cancel our plans and reschedule our date night for another day? You know, sometimes we feel almost pressured to kind of uh, please our partner in a different way, or maybe we're afraid of what could happen if we say no to something. Um, so how do you get to that point? point where you can be really honest with your partner and and just kind of avoid 
do it, those those common uh, recourses of trying to please them and make them feel good, even if you feel like shit about it. What's the strategy there? <laughs> I, I'm fairly upfront about most anything, and I encourage my clients to be upfront about it too. Um, how do you say? I really don't like you for you to do that, or it bothers me that you do that. You say it, but you also have to kind of, again, we're going back to that internal dialogue and that internal work that you're doing. Them doing this, what does it mean to you? And can you communicate that to your partner? Mm -hmm. I'm feeling vulnerable. I feel like I'm losing you. What does it mean to you? Tell your partner these things. Mm -hmm. Be vulnerable with your partner. Some people don't want to open up because they feel like, okay, that's going to make me look weak. Yes. Or my partner is going to have one up on me, something to use against me. You got to get past that. If you want to resolve it, you got to get past it. And then that vulnerability is a good point. And a lot of people do equate it, right? With weakness, it's, it's just, it, but it's not. Sometimes it's very powerful to be able to be vulnerable with your partner. Uh, it's, it's something that is the mark, in my opinion, of a very healthy relationship, that ability uh, to, to be vulnerable with them. And um, so, okay, if people are having these kinds of conflicts in their relationship, um, is it usually, uh, you know, is, are there different kinds of conflicts depending on the kind of relationship? Like maybe, I don't know, do polyamorous couples have different issues <laughs> than non-monogamous couples? Are there certain common uh, conflicts that occur? I haven't, um, I've worked, I worked with both populations at different times in my career. Um, I haven't noticed that the conflicts that go on between couples are different necessarily mm -hmm. from mon monogamy and non-monogamy. Mm -hmm. okay. you, you still have the jealousy. You still have the time. I need more time with you. I need you to put me as a priority. I, those things seem to come up in both um, relationship styles. Um, what else comes up? Children's issues. Mm -hmm. You know, we have our nesting partner issues and, the, the other person thinking, okay, well, I'm not getting enough of you because your nesting partner is getting a lot more of you. Your nesting partner's thinking, I'm not getting enough of you because you're just here doing the dirty work and you're out having fun somewhere else. <laughs> um, you get that in monogamy. Also, when someone thinks, oh, you're out with your, your boys, like you mentioned earlier, having fun. And then when you're home, it's all just work. You act like you don't want to be here. You know, so it may be different players, but it's the same issue. <laughs> <laughs> and we hear that a lot, right? Those are all super common issues. And we even see them in mainstream media. In every movie, whenever people are having, whenever couples in movies or TV shows are having issues, it's these kinds of things that they're talking about. Not to say at all to model any real life anything by what you see on TV, but just to give an idea, yeah, there are these are very common things that, that could happen in any relationship. So um, I, I just wanted to point that out because some people think, um, especially when I first started telling them, hey, you know, we, you know, we have an open relationship, myself and my partner, um, or a non-monogamous relationship or whatever label we want to give it at the time, <laughs> uh, they're, oh, right. you, they're, you must have so many issues. It's like, why, should, why would we have more issues, for example, than another couple? Every relationship has their own issues. So do you think it maybe comes down more to personality and the way people handle themselves and their couple or their triad or whatever, however many people are in their relationship? I do. I think primarily it comes with uh, 
your family of origin. Mm-hmm. How were you raised? What value system were you raised with? How were you raised to deal with conflict? You know, how were you raised to express yourself? And your and understanding your partner was raised in their own home and their own um, system also, and it probably is not your system. So now you've got to you've got to talk to each other to figure out. Um, if I'm thinking this way, are you also thinking this way? Or if you're not, what are you thinking? And can I understand that? Because I can ask five people what love means to them or what loyalty means to them, what relationship means to them, and I'll get five different answers. Mm-hmm. And that's even if you grew up in the same home. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, we all have different experiences of the same event. So, yeah, Absolutely. for sure. So if, I mean... If those conflicts, um, you know, that potentially could occur are also, you know, uh, subject to a person's interpretation of why that conflict arose in the first place, um, then it obviously has like a whole other level of complexity when you're actually trying to resolve a conflict. So how can two people who potentially have a completely different perspective on why something went wrong um, actually come together and make that uh, draw like a, a, the same conclusion um, about how to fix a problem if they have such varying like ideas of how the conflict came to be in the first place? Have we foot stomped on communication enough yet? <laughs> no. Never enough. There's no, you- never enough. Never. <laughs> You really, you're, you're really just, you're talking to your partner. You're being clear about your, your needs, your wants, desires, what you're sensitive about, what, what things you consider the non-negotiation things for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're able to express those things clearly. Your partner hopefully is listening and listening generously mm-hmm. to what you have to say, that listening to understand and not to reply, Right. Mm. And you're also making sure that you're giving your partner the benefit of the doubt. So, which is really important. You're not putting meaning to your partner's activities to you. What does this mean to me? Mm-hmm. You're doing this because you don't love me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're giving your partner the benefit of the doubt and you're waiting to see what they have to say as to why they're doing something. And then again, Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, but it's good advice, and I, I think uh, it, more people could have that valuable connection in their relationship, no matter what kind of relationship. If they just did, you know, do that communication thing that we keep talking about, it's almost like rocket science for some people to understand how to listen properly or how to, you know, not react right away when something happens and say those things they don't mean that they can't take back because um, you can't take them back. So. <laughs> I definitely, yeah. uh, those, no, those are, those are good strategies. So we were talking before, cause I just mentioned briefly, um, that, you know, when we first started telling people about our relationship, uh, we had varying reactions, obviously from different people, different backgrounds, whether they were family or not, whatever the case. Um, so in a non-monogamous relationship where, for example, you want to kind of not 
express that to your friends and family. They don't know that you're in a non-monogamous relationship. Have you ever noticed that that couples in those kind of more, I don't want to call them secretive, uh, non-monogamous relationships, but yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, do they experience more issues by not maybe being as open with their relationship uh, with others that they love um, than people who are fully, um, have, have fully disclosed this to their loved ones? Um, two, two schools of thought. And even, even in my home, two schools of thought. Um, I'm pretty open. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm way too old to try to figure out what lie to tell you about my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you the truth. That's all I can remember. Um, my significant other, on the other hand, he does like to hide some things. Um, it's okay. I'm just unwilling to hide those things also. So I'm not going to lie to people that he's like, may have told something to that may not actually be true. (laughs) I just suggest that he tell them, don't talk to me. (laughs) Okay. That's good advice. Just don't, don't talk to me. (laughs) But he and I, we've discussed it. Uh, We have, we've laughed about it. I've I've side-eyed him about it. You know, I say be open and embrace it. He says, no, there's things that I want to keep private. That's just something that we do. Right. I'm okay with it. I I, I don't make it uh, an ego thing for me that he has to share it all over the place. And he doesn't make it a, a trust thing for him that I will. So the fact is, you guys are both on the same page about it. Even though you have different ways of wanting to approach it individually, you respect where you're each other and where you're coming from in this place. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I understand. I understand why he doesn't want to, and he understands why I choose not to make that me. Mm-hmm. Well, as long as you're on the same page, that's the most important part of it, for sure. We're going to talk a little bit about some of those communication strategies. And again, communication, communication, communication. Have we said that enough? I don't think so. I think we can keep (laughs) saying it. Um, And also like what friends and family who are in the know can help do uh, to support a couple who may be having some issues as well. So don't go away. Uh, We'll be right back with Seed Discover Create. And I just want to invite all of you uh, kinky and like-minded individuals to join over three. 300 SDC members for an erotic escapade on the island of Crete this May. Indulge in five nights of passion at this all-inclusive Grecian playground with daily parties that are clothing optional pools, a 24-hour inside and outside playroom, and exclusive SDC theme night parties. As you meet sexy, like-minded people in the lifestyle, you'll get pampered by the hotel's five-star service with world-class spa, multiple bars, rooftop restaurant, and nightclub to satisfy all your desires. Join us from May 8th to the 13th for our divine Greek adventure. Book your rooms now at sdc.com. We'll be right back after this. Craving more from your sexy lifestyle? Search our businesses, services, blogs, articles, and videos. And keep in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter. All on the sexylifestyle.com. The Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network is where you can build a new vocabulary to talk about sex in a healthy, loving, and productive way. Discover more about yourself and your relationships from our amazing sex experts who can't wait to share their information with you. 
You'll learn everything you ever wanted to know about sex, sexuality, sexual pleasure, and so much more on the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network. Listen, learn, and live sexy. You are tuned in to Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver. If you have a question or comment about the show, we'd love to hear from you via email to Lexi at SDC.com. That's L-E-X-I at SDC.com. Now back to this week's discussion. Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm Lexi Silver, and I'm talking to Diana Ryan, licensed professional counselor and the owner and operator of 360 Degrees Coaching and Counseling. So right before the break, we were talking about different kinds of potential conflicts that could arise in your couple or or throuple or any other uh, kind of relationship, Uh, whether it's monogamous or non-monogamous, there are a lot of the same kinds of issues that can seem to arise in both. So we all deal with conflict. And what are some of those basic, and again, we're going to keep reiterating this, communication (laughs) strategies that a couple can use as they navigate non-monogamy? Basic communication, just kind of what we talked about in the last segment. You want to be clear. You want to listen. And that's listen to understand, not listen to reply. Um, One really good technique that uh, a lot of us counselors use is when we have you restate or rephrase what your partner said so that you're clear that you understood what they said instead of assuming that you understand what they said. Um, so that, that being able to give that feedback, restate or, or, or rephrase what your partner said is really, really good because what your partner is going to do is they're either going to agree with what you said or they're going to clarify what they meant. Um, because when you're in the middle of emotion, sometimes you'll say some things, it comes out wrong, your partner hears something that's hurtful. If your partner rephrases that to you, then you can like, oh, no, that's, that's totally not what I meant. You know, now you get the opportunity to kind of clean it up and say exactly what it is that you meant. So out of all of that, being able to speak clearly, listening fully, and restate or rephrase, awesome ideas. And I think also too, like just to add to that, what we also mentioned before, which is not to react <laughs> right away. If your if your partner says something that maybe um, you know is it is a little bit hurtful, or maybe too, it, or maybe is truthful about something that you've done or the way you've behaved, uh, to to maybe instead of being kind of reactive or defensive because we all get that way. It's kind of like a normal feeling when your partner is saying, you know, um, when you did X, it made me feel why or made me feel in a particular way. You don't want to hurt your partner and you don't want to feel like you did anything to hurt your partner. Um, So like, how can you prevent yourself from getting that defensive gut reaction uh, when your partner is telling you about something that made them feel in a particular way? You can't always prevent yourself from getting it. You just can't. We're human. You know, and there's some things that hit us a little closer to home than other things. Um, What you can do is you can talk to your partner about how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can come up with a way that your partner can let you know that you're you're responding negatively. Um, uh, My partner used to tell me, can I get a little water with that? (laughs) If I said something. (laughs) And that... That would remind me that maybe I'm coming across a little sharper than I had intended. 
-hmm. you know, so it was just, it was a quick little reminder that says, okay, die, check yourself, check how you're saying what you're saying. Um, because he was saying I was giving a straight, no chaser. Sometimes that's not the best way to give it. <laughs> yeah. Tone wow. makes a big difference too. The words you use, but tone makes a big difference too. I, I, I'm definitely uh, guilty of doing that exact same thing. A uh, straight, no chaser, um, straight to the point. And sometimes it's not the best approach. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. So, you know, if your partner, if, if you are in relationship with your partner and you guys talk real well, you get along, you have that intimacy, you have that bond, there should be something that you guys come up with. If you're someone like me who has a tendency to be kind of straightforward about what you say and him just giving me that quick little phrase, can I get a little water with that, you know, allows me that minute to back up and think about what I said and how I said it instead of me immediately, you know, getting defensive and coming back like a tiger. Rawr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really good advice. Oh yeah. Okay. Everybody, you hear that? Just it, maybe your partner needs a safe word to remind you that you're being a little bit, uh, <laughs> that you, you need to maybe soften your approach. <laughs> But conversely, too, putting too much sugar on it is also not a good way because then you're not really saying cl clearly what it is that you mean to say. Uh, you're just trying not to hurt your partner's feelings. So, um, you know, at, like you said, to be able to clearly express what it is that you feel, um, not too, you know, ferociously. <laughs> But right? yeah, but definitely not to, you know, sugarcoat it too much to the point where your me your meaning and how you really feel um, are not coming through properly to your partner. Yeah, right, right. And, and, and although you may feel like you're just softening the blow, you may be completely obscuring what the issue is. Yeah. Um, so it, it may not just be softening, you may lose your whole message in that. No, oh, that's a that's a good point. So definitely, there's like a middle a middle approach that could be used uh, with a little bit of tact, of course. <laughs> so let's hope. <laughs> so if you're, you know, in, in most monogamous couples, when you know you have a fight with your partner, you can go and you could bitch to somebody. Oh, they did X, Y, and Z. I'm so annoyed at them. Why oh, they leave their socks on the floor again? Oh, they forgot to make me dinner. They forgot my birthday. They went out instead of hanging out with me. They said X, Y, and Z all these complaints that we can usually bitch, you know, to a friend or family member about. But um, because it's a little different sometimes in the lifestyle because I feel personally, from my personal experience, when there are issues that arise, most of the people that I do know who are friends and family are not in a lifestyle. So they might fail to kind of understand uh, where I'm coming from specifically. But how can friends and family who are, I guess, vanilla or like I say, muggle, uh, to really, how can they support um, somebody who is in a non-monogamous relationship uh, through those kinds of conflicts, even if they don't really understand what, how, like the perspective that is that they're going through one whether in the lifestyle or outside of the lifestyle don't take sides uh, you know don't take sides with who's right who's wrong you really don't know what went on inside of that conflict um, so just listen without taking sides in the conflict um, try to listen without any judgment if you're outside of the lifestyle or even, again, inside of the lifestyle, try to listen without judging 
mm-hmm. what the person who's talking to you did said or what the other person did said. Mm-hmm. Um, and also try not to be part of that, that triangulation that you mentioned just a minute ago where you blow a third person in <laughs> and try to get them on your side <laughs> against your partner. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> so, don't be part of that that's 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 never a good idea and then you know if you are prone to take sides and you're prone to be judgmental what happens when they more than likely get back with that person yeah now, <laughs> now you have to do some 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 repair work and some bridge building um, <laughs> it's not necessary so you know, for those that, that love you and are out there supporting you, regardless of whether they're in the lifestyle, outside of the lifestyle that you're living, you know, you're able to share. Um, I would caution one thing. Try not to share with family and close friends conflicts that are going on between you and your partner, comma, partners, because your family and close friends hold grudges much longer than you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you choose to have a little, you know, scuffle up and you get back together shortly after, they don't like that person right now. <laughs> you know, their heart is on your side. Yeah. So, you know, maybe find that third person who's not actually in your intimate circle that you can talk to. Um, and, and, and sometimes it's easier once you talk it out to hear how you sound when you did a behavior. Um, I use my sister to check me all the time. You know, <laughs> hey, this is what I did and this is what I said. And am I crazy? Am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and she'll tell you when you're crazy? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. But she is, she, we have an understanding. And although I do caution not to do that, um, she has a very clear, honest understanding of relationships as I do, mm-hmm. you know. So with her, I don't talk to my mother about my conflicts. My mom's going to be on my side. I know that. I don't <laughs> talk to her about it. <laughs> You know, uh, but my sister, she gives me very clear, you know, she'll tell me when you're wrong. Oh, that's and you good. need that person to be able to tell you when you're wrong. Um, sometimes counselors, we're really, really good for that. You walk in the doors, no judgment. We'll tell you if what you did was counterproductive to the relationship that you want. Oh, I like that. I like how you just added that in the relationship that you want and not all relationships because every relationship is different. So for anyone who is looking for that kind of advice and even more uh, specific information about how they can make their relationship non-monogamous or otherwise a healthy one, how can they reach out to you? Well, my website is www.360lifeskills.com or you can shoot me an email at Diana Ryan at 360lifeskills.com. I do have Instagram at 360 Coaching and Counseling LLC and Facebook 360 Coaching and Counseling, LLC. And I think that one's at, at 360 Life Skills. 
Perfect. So if you are listening to the show and you have more questions for Diana Ryan, because I'm sure you do, I'm sure all of this has sparked a lot of uh, a, a lot of thought into maybe things that you do in your relationship that you could try to uh, improve upon. Uh, you know, we can all improve our relationships in different ways. So don't be afraid and reach out to her. And I just want to thank you very much for being on my show today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. And thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. And thanks to everyone who came and listened today. Thanks to everyone who listened into the show today. Join me every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific for my show, SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create, right here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Don't forget, you can learn more about sex, health, and relationships as you seek yourself, discover together, and create moments at sdc.com. Thanks for joining me, Lexi Silver. Until next time, stay lectual, people. Bye. Hey, sexy people. If you're ready to start your sexual evolution, we've got some amazing prizes to give away. Some of the great prizes include Womanizer, the most advanced pleasure product for stronger, longer, and more intense orgasms. SDC.com is giving away a lifetime membership to the sexiest online community of open-minded people. Touch from experience, warm. It warms your personal lube, then automatically dispenses it with a wave of your hand. And we can't forget Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. For your chance to win one of these amazing prizes, simply send us an email at info at with the word contest in the subject line. Your name will be entered into the weekly drawing and remember to visit our website regularly for a list of the winners and more information about all the amazing prizes and sponsors. Go to the sexylifestyle.com contest page and enter as often as you like. We appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create, presented by SDC.com. Please join your host, Lexi Silver, on another erotic journey next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality.